Coming up on this episode of Real Talk Rentals, we're going to be talking evictions. They're a necessary evil, and there's all sorts of rules and regulations to follow, so we're going to try and walk you through it step by step. Welcome to Real Talk Rentals, a podcast brought to you by OnQ Property Management, where we're going to give you all the tips, tricks, and secrets behind the scenes that goes into property management. I'm Ben. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Eric Dixon, the go-to guru on all things property management and real estate out here in Arizona. Today, we're going to be talking about a touchy subject. Um, We're going to try and really, really give you the facts and walk you through it as carefully as we can. And that is evictions. Nobody likes them. No one likes evictions. No, they're not fun. Um, And there are some things I think we'll get into here that can show how to mitigate them and how to hopefully avoid them for everybody involved. So Eric, I'm going to ask you the first question here, which is what are the situations that lead to an eviction? Well, it's a necessary evil for sure. You know, in my mind, I think in everyone's mind, evictions are unfortunate no matter the circumstance, right? So we'll go through a couple and, and uh, for those listening, we're, we're actually, we've got a lot of cheat sheets here because I wanted to make sure this is one topic we want to, we want to do in order and explore all the options and so forth. So I would say every circumstance is unfortunate, but the most common reasons is non-payment of rent. That's kind of the one that um, the most common for sure, sure happens the most. You know, you don't pay your rent on time. And it's not like you don't pay rent on the first, you're evicted on the second, you know, and we'll walk through that timeline. But um, there's the non-payment of rent for sure. The second uh, most uh I was going to say most popular, like it's, a, <laughs> it's definitely, <laughs> definitely not, not a popular yeah. con, uh, popularity contest, but the most common, sorry, lost my train of thought there. The most common is a breach of lease. So whether it's an unauthorized occupant, um, unauthorized use of the home, you know, they're doing an Airbnb out of the house and sure. it's a long-term vacant rental home. Uh, they have pets and they were supposed to have no pets and the landlord doesn't want to approve them after the fact. You know, those are breaches of lease that aren't curable or, or, or aren't cured in time. So I'd say those are the main scenarios sure. and why you would. Yeah. And and you mentioned non-curable there and we'll get into that more, but that's like, you know, in, in a lot of scenarios, it can be solved before an eviction. Oh, yeah, you certainly. know, it could be like, oh, you know what? My brother was staying here. He wasn't supposed to. I totally forgot to let you guys know. He's gone. No. And what what's great is even non-payment of rent is curable up to a far point in the eviction process. It's like maybe they lost their job, but you know, we want to work with them. The owner wants to work with them. Um, and you can cure that breach. You can cure yeah. the non-payment of rent. You can cure the no pets by either getting the landlord to approve the pet or, you know, somebody else dog sitting for the remainder of your lease or whatever. Um, even unauthorized occupant. It's like, cool, have them apply. If yeah. they, if they get approved, then they can stay. You know? and, so, and I've seen that here where people come in and say, Hey, yeah, I, so-and-so has to move in with me. What do I got to do? Yep. And they just go through the approval process like a, any applicant would. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right, so this is the nitty gritty. This is why we we have all these notes. But what are the steps involved in executing an eviction? We we did the really smart thing of for an audio medium, we printed out a flow chart oh, yeah, that perfect. no one can see. So <clears throat> yeah, so I'm gonna visually, I'm gonna paint this picture in your mind, right? So for those of you driving, sitting at home with AirPods on or whatever. Um, it's not that complicated. It's really just knowing that throughout the process, there's there are options that the uh, the tenant has and the landlord has, um, or the property manager. You know, in our case, so 
I'll kind of just walk through it, and then Ben, stop me if you have any questions, if you think okay. uh, I'm kind of breezing through it. To me, the eviction process is so common that I just kind of breeze through it, you know? For sure. And I have to remember, a lot of people don't know even Yeah, a lot of people one, have been doing right? this for yeah. 20 years. Yep. So um, really, there's a notice of default or a notice of a, a breach. So you have to notify them, right? Whether it's by, you know, for non-payment of rent, we send certified letters on the... Uh, on the fifth of the month with the five day notice. And yeah, that's an eviction notice really. Yeah. Um, usually it's like 95% of the time they just pay and maybe they're a few days late and it's fine. Um, I do want to add that I, uh, when I first started working here, I had no idea what five day notice meant. It's because you've, you've never paid your rent. Yeah. Rent <laughs> we call, we just call them around the office five days and people yeah. would be like, Hey, I, I've got some five days I have to send out. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. Like, I didn't want to ask. And now I know, oh, okay. That means it's certified mail going yep. out about a breach. Yeah. And we have to manually, I mean, there's some automation with it, but at the end of the day, you got to, you have to certify mail these notices, right? So right there, there's basically three options the tenant has. One is they cure the breach and they stay in the house. So they pay the rent before we go to the next steps. And it's like it never happened. So it's not like this black mark on you. It's like, no, yeah. it's like it never happened. You cured the breach and the days are done and it's over. The second is, and it, this wouldn't really apply for late late rents unless they just know they're not going to make it, but the tenant could surrender possession. They could say, hey, let's avoid the eviction process altogether. It's going to go on my record a certain way and the judgment and all that. Here are the keys. And they just walk in. And some of them, they know this. Um, there's unfortunate circumstances all the time. Um, you know, even with divorces, they get tricky because they're like, Hey, look, we're going to have to split into two homes. We know we're not going to be able to stay. So we're just right. giving you the keys and it kind of fast tracks the process. Um, we apply the deposits to the move out and then we do the disposition differently. And we talked about the disposition last episode. So that's number one and two, they either cure it or they surrender the property. The third is if they remain unpaid or the, the breach remains open, then that would be the tenant not complying and we'd go to the forcible detainer is filed. So for us, for example, and this is pretty standard with that, with management companies, at least in Arizona, but we send the five day on the fifth and then 10 days later, the 15th rolls around. And if you're still unpaid or you're still um, in breach of the lease, we send it to the attorney and it's going to go $10,000 or less. It's going to go to justice court. $10,000 or more goes to Supreme court. Pretty so most of them are in the justice court, um, and then any questions so far? Am I no no no? Yeah, okay. I think we're we're good. The three steps. So this is, I think, step three here is what most people think of when they think of an eviction. Yeah, and 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 you have to and, think what what I did skip over is between the first of the month was rent was due and the fifteenth, the property manager or the owner are being communicative with the tenant. They're saying, hey, can you bring it in? Can you bring the rent in? Can you bring the rent in? Every day it's getting it's going to get more expensive. When we file with the attorney then you've got attorney's fees and you got court right. costs and you've got, so we do all we can, whether it's calls, texts, emails, you know, documenting the whole time. The owners do not want this to happen. You got to keep in mind, they're not collecting rent. They realize that collecting that rent in the future is going to be tough. Um, usually the and, tenant is leaving the house disgruntled. Yeah. You know? And no one wants to, I mean, nobody in the world wants to go to court no, or I involve mean, <laughs> attorneys and, and judges. Yeah. Like, so, so from this whole process though, 15 days, it's it, there is enough time, you know, um, we have tenants who will, if they have trouble with employment or something, they can get rental assistance or they can get a, uh, get a, if they lost their job, they find a new job and they call us and say, Hey, 
our, my new pay stub will come, my new paycheck comes the 20th. Can you wait till the 20th to file? Say, well, we usually do the 15th, but let me ask the owner. It's ultimately up yeah. to the owner. I, so, I know we ran into this a lot too when um, COVID was oh, yeah. happening where people were like, I've applied for the rental assistance. Can you give me a little bit to find uh, out if it's coming in, when it's coming in? Oh or- yeah, and and you, what's crazy is, so it's uh, summer 2022 right now, right? We're two over two years uh, past the start of the pandemic. And uh, when was it? Two weeks ago, somebody said, hey, they were applying for rental assistance, not COVID rental assistance, but just general rental assistance. And they said, they won't, they approved me for rental assistance once um, the judgment was filed against me in court. And I'm like, whoa, the, if they're waiting to help you until you get the judgment, the, it's already over. Like you're, yeah. you're five days away from getting kicked out of your house. Like what the system is so backwards. Yeah. Anyway, I'm getting, I'm getting too political, but the system <laughs> is way too backwards. There's way too much red tape and it's a, uh, it's a mess. So from there, if we do file, so it's the 15th and we do file um, a process server, then serves the tenant with a summons and complaint. Um, and the court date is usually set six to 10 days away. So okay. it's like, Hey, it's the 15th. We file process server serves them within a few days. And then six to 10 days out, you know, court might be between the 20th and 30th of the month. Um, and this is assuming a, a rent due date of the first of the month. Okay. Um, and then from there, there's the hearing date. So let's just say the hearing date's the 25th. Again, there's three options at this hearing. Yeah. And I'll kind of walk through the three options here. One is the tenant appears and pleads non-guilty and the trial set uh, trial is set within three days, depending on the court jurisdiction. If the tenant wins, they stay in the unit. If they don't win and the tenant is found guilty, a judgment is entered in the landlord's favor <clears throat> and a writ of restitution is issued after five days. And then we can, you know, we kick the tenant out. Very unfortunate. We hate when that happens. Yeah. And there's a lot of other fees tacked on. Oh at that yeah. Point I mean, and then it becomes them. a mess, right? So yeah. usually and we'll get to this, but the tenant doesn't appear. They're like, hey, look, dude, I know I'm late on the rent. I'm this not going to fight it. I'm not going to fight this. Yeah. But if they really think they're in the right and there is, especially during COVID, evictions were kind of on halt anyway. Yeah. And so as we got back into the normal swing of things, there was some gray area with some judges and stuff. Now it's back to kind of black and white and uh, the tenant usually knows going into it. Um, this, so that's option one is they appear and they plead non-guilty and then they either win or they lose. Um, the second is the tenant fails to appear, appear and they get the judgment. They entered into the judgment right away. And then a risk writ of restitution is issued. So, and then they have five days and, you know, go down a timeline there. That is what usually happens on a non-payment of rent or a lease breach that the tenant has no intention of fixing. So sure. if they're like, Hey, look, I know I haven't paid the rent. I'm not going to waste my time going to court just for them to say, boom, yeah. you lose. I know I've been using the house as an Airbnb. We all know this. <laughs> I'm just not showing up. I'm not going to gonna embar- yeah. embarrass myself in front of the judge. Right, right. Um, and then the third option is, you know, the tenant appears, pleads guilty, and they get a judgment. So that would be a rare case. I don't know that I've personally been involved in one of those where the tenant just shows up and is like, I plead guilty. Boom, here's the judgment the same result would be if they didn't show up at all. So, um, so if you go down either of those where they are, the writ of restitution is filed, then we schedule the lockout with the constable and we really, really, really try and work with the constable and the tenant and, uh, and the landlord and the timeframes to where it's not going to be kicking them out and locking the doors, especially in the summer here in Arizona, 
you literally can't just kick people out of the street when it's no, 120 yeah. years old or 20 years old, 120 <laughs> degrees. Yeah. Um, and Real so, quick. Yeah. You might not have the answer to this. I should have prepped you beforehand, but constable, when you say constable, oh, yeah. that's so, another word. Uh, <laughs> when, yeah. When I started working here, like I think of constable as something like I heard in like, I want to say the Disney Robin hood cartoon when I was a oh, kid yeah. that it was like, <laughs> The constable was attacking Robin Hood or something. I was like, that's still a thing. A constable still yeah. a position. Yeah. So the, the constable is, it's usually, and I say usually, the ones that I've talked to, you know, it's either ex-law uh, enforcement or something, got law enforcement background. And uh, they are, they're coming guns ablazing. They usually have a gun on their hip ready to go. And, the, you know, they're not clearing the home. You know, they're knocking hey, this is the constable. Get out if they are there. Most of the time, they're not, no one's there. Sure. If they are there and the tenants, hey man, I need two more days. Can you please give me two more days? The constable will call us pleading for two more days, right? Okay. At some point, there's going to be an intersection of, and it's going to be like, hey, it has to, we have to lock you out. Yeah. But we'll, we'll work with them for a few days and make sure that they're not homeless. Um, and then that, that makes it to where we can rekey the house, secure the home. And, uh, and the constable helps facilitate that legally yeah. um, through the, through the county. Um, I want to circle back on one thing here, looking at this flow chart that all the way up until the hearing, there's still the, the tenant can still. Oh yeah. They can still make it that. right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They can still, so the hearing could be, you know, scheduled and they can come and say like, Hey, I got to pay this. And, um, and there is a little bit. Yes. But the owner also has to say, drop it. Right? Yeah. Like, right. like they could, they could show up at court with the full money. And it's like it never happened, right? Yeah. Um, that's that rarely happens, but usually it's before the hearing date. They might call a day or two before and say, Oh, Eric, Eric, look, we have all the money. Here's a money order. And we're like, Oh my gosh, thank you. It's they have to cover all attorneys' costs, the process yeah. server, the court right. costs, all that, but they get to stay in the home, right? So you're right. They, you know, they're they're looking at, you know, through the fifth, through the fifteenth, usually through the twentieth ish. It's like you could pay it and, yeah. and stay in the home. I, I do remember um, an issue we had here with with someone who was constantly a tenant getting served and almost to the hearing date. And the owner kept constantly like, yeah. I want to say like two or three times said like, okay, well, you know, we can wave in by the time it happened for like the fourth time. Understandably, the owner was like, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. I'm not you know? the and, and the owners, you have to realize like they usually have their own debt obligations, you know, on these, on these properties, the majority of them have mortgages that are due and they're like, look, I can't just not pay my mortgage. And a lot of them depend on the rent to come in to at least cover some of that. Sure. And there is some, uh, you know, that they, they are counting on that rent to come in, you know, there's yeah. a legally binding contract with the lease and they, they are counting on it. I'd say for the most part, our owners, our clients, landlords, you guys listening, you are compassionate people and you hate when you see other people have hard times, Yeah. but when it's habitual, it's really tough. It's like, it's like the, uh, the boy who cried wolf. Right. It's like, right. Hey, look, you said this was the last time, last time you said yeah. it's the last time, last time. Maybe and you it, can't afford this property. Yeah. And maybe, you know? maybe we just need to move on. And so maybe. on a lot of those, that brings up a good point for a solution. An alternative solution is a, um, is to negotiate a lease break even different than the terms in the lease. Like, Hey, look, let's not go down the eviction. It's going to cost the landlord a lot of money, going to cost the tenant a lot of money. Um, let's just negotiate our way out of this. And we do that on occasion as well. Yeah. 
um, so you mentioned costs there, and that's a question <clears throat> I hear a lot is what what are the costs involved in an eviction, um, like the dollar cost for a landlord? Yeah, and so it's gonna be different by attorney you use or if you do it yourself type thing, but um, you know, there's gonna be attorney fees court costs. And most of those are flat rate, right? Sure. One advantage we have as a, as a property management company with a big portfolio and a lot of time, you know, years under our belt and experience is we have great rates with our eviction attorneys, right? And we've used several over the years. We feel like our relationship, especially with our current one is so good that if you, if we're to evict somebody through us, it is a lot less expensive for both the tenant and the owner than if Joe Schmo calls and goes direct. Right. In fact, when we were prepping for this show, this is one of the ones that took most of the preparation uh, compared to the other episodes here. I thought of a friend of mine, a good friend of mine. He uh, was self-managing and he knows we own a uh, property management company, but he's cheap. And he's just like, look, man, I'll do it myself. He said, oh, I got to evict this guy. Do you have an attorney? And I thought nothing of it. I was like, dude, here's the attorney we use. They're awesome. Here you go. So he... um, and I gave him a range of which I thought the cost would be, right? Yeah. Um, that we pay. And then after he evicted him, I was like, dude, how'd the attorney do? He's like, yeah, it was great, but it was like double what you quoted. And I was like, oh man, I'm sorry. It must've been a unique circumstance. He's like, yeah. oh yeah, I guess, blah, blah, blah. Then I asked the attorney, he's like, oh dude, I didn't know that was a referral from you. Yeah, I mean, our rates are about half what the public is. Sure. And so it's one more cost savings if you have a legitimate property management company with a relationship. Yeah. It's not that we're the eviction pros. No, no. <laughs> it's just that with the with the volume and the attorneys know that our lease they can support and there is back they can back it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, uh, it's probably the opposite of that. They know that if we're to the point where we're doing an eviction, that it's really that, necessary. That yeah. it's necessary because you know, yeah, we're we're not trying to go down that road. So if we're coming to them and saying, "Hey, we got to do this," they know that it's you know legit. Yeah. And so as far as cost goes, the, the tenant bears the cost technically, like we get to bill the tenant, but usually the security deposit is already depleted of missed rent, late fees, um, you know, court costs, attorney fees. And so usually if there's an eviction, I shouldn't say usually every single time the tenant owes money, right? but the landlord has to front those bills. And then we have to send the tenant to collections or garnish wages or, you know, do that sort of thing. So it is a big pain for the landlords. They hurt, they miss rent that month or month and a half. They have to turn utilities back on in their name. They got to pay to get the place rent ready again. Then they have to worry about potentially recovering the costs from the eviction. And all while that's happening, we're remarketing the home, trying to find a new, better qualified applicant. Right. And so, um, you know, the costs, uh, I would say those are the hard costs. The long-term costs of a, for a tenant is it really affects their credit. I mean, if you get a judgment in your name and you've got collections agencies going after you, it's going to be near impossible to buy or lease, lease a place in the next seven years while it's on your credit. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about this in our tenant application, but that's like one of the first things we check is do you have evictions on your It's it's a non-starter. It's like, Oh, you've been evicted. Sorry. Yeah. And, and that's unfortunate because things happen, but yeah, anything you can do to avoid it, obviously, you know, we talked about some of those things and, and maybe we should, we should talk about that. What can be done to avoid that and lessen the impact both for the landlord and, and the tenant? Yeah. And so we'll start with the landlord, you know, the, uh, 
for those that would hire a property management company. We offer an eviction protection program. It's very inexpensive. And our eviction rate, we, we did the numbers yesterday as we were prepping here, but it's 0.02% of our tenants get evicted. Um, not even now, half a, of a percent. Not even <laughs> half a percent. And that seems crazy, but we what we took into account is ones that we placed and screened that got evicted, right? Right. And, and that takes into account, um, you know, thousands that we manage for, but it, the ones that get evicted more often at a higher percentage are ones that we take over mid-lease that we didn't do the screening for. Right. Maybe an owner bought, I know recently an owner bought an eight unit multifamily apartment complex. It's a good little place, nice area. And we've already evicted two of the eight people. And he's like, what the heck, man? I just bought this. I was told these are great applicants and great tenants yeah. and stuff. But really what happened is the seller postured the property you know, no deposits, you know, free months rent, all this stuff filled it with people to show it off to as show like, it off. Oh, and then yeah. we evicted a couple of people right off the bat. Um, and those don't go into our numbers cause it would skew. Yeah. But if we do the, uh, the move in and we do the, um, the screening up front, you know, it's less than half a percent. So this eviction protection program, it's very inexpensive, but even for that less than 1% or these properties that you bought and we did not screen the tenants, we'll still cover them in this program. And we cover all of the, uh, the eviction costs, the court fees, the attorney's fees. We do s try and recover it from the back end from the tenant, but I got to tell you, it's like minimal recovery you know, sure. on, that, on that side. Um, and so as far as how to avoid it on the front end for a, a landlord, Yes, there's protections. It's basically like a little insurance, uh, a protection guarantee program. But the the real way to avoid evictions is to do the screening correctly up front. You know, put I the would right people in there. Put first. the right people in, and they don't get evicted. Yeah, know? yeah. It's uh, we were talking about this yesterday, but um, we we do see every once in a while somebody signs up with us, and we realize like they just signed up with us because. Oh, they, they wanted want, us to get evicted. They want us to yeah. evict this tenant. Well, and, and they know if they would have called and said, hey, I want to sign up with your service so you can evict my tenant, yeah. that, that we wouldn't be interested. It's like, hey, after the eviction, because because you're halfway through it, just finish it and yeah. then bring it on. And so you're right. I mean, some of them, it, it is kind of crazy. You know, they, they work the system a little bit, yeah. sign up, we do the eviction. But then when we place a great tenant, they're they're lifelong yeah, clients. Exactly. So it, yeah. it ends up working out. But if, if you do, I would say too, if you, if you have any questions with the evictions or you are struggling in that, I don't want that to sh you to shy away based off, you know, my statement there, but yeah, just let us know and we can help you. We can yeah, line yeah. you up, say, Hey, do you know what? Drop what you're doing. Let's restart the process. I can't tell you how many landlords try and do it themselves. They try and file at the courts, save a few bucks here and there. Yeah. And they've skewed up the timelines. And I'm like, dude, you're not going to win this. You need to scratch this. You need to send out a new notice and let us take over. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just about being upfront, right? Like if, yeah. if you need help with that, that's one thing. But like, don't try and sneak it in yeah, yeah. and tell us after the fact. Because yeah, the timelines are all going to be messed up. Yep. And then I would say the uh, to avoid an eviction on the tenant side, it's hard because it's going to be different by owner. Some owners are like, they didn't pay the rent. Fifteenth comes, you file that eviction. Yeah, and some of them are a little bit more either compassionate or they just realize, like, man, let's do everything we can. Let's use every resource we can to try and keep them in there. Um, partial partial payment agreements. Um, negotiate to end the lease early if it's inevitable that you're like, hey, look, this is inevitable. You're going to get evicted. 
Let's talk about it now versus 35 right. days from now in front of a judge <laughs> yeah. and just say, hey, look, um, one positive of that for a tenant would be no judgment right away. It'd yeah. be, you know, it'd be like, hey, look, if the owner agrees, I agree. What if I move out this weekend? You keep the deposit and I'll pay the lease break fee or whatever. You know, yeah. you negotiate it out. Obviously, that's not common practice every day, but I can tell you nine times out of 10, we and the owner would rather do that than go through the eviction process. Yeah, it, it really is about, and I hear this all the time, so much of what I do is online for the company and I see, you know, I'll see somebody make a comment online about us and I'll go to the property manager and they're like, I had no idea this person was in this situation. Why didn't they call yeah. me? You know, if they had just reached out, like we want to help and avoid this. Everybody yeah. wants to avoid it. So when I, I do think, you know, there's a stigma out there that property managers aren't helpful or they're not, sure. they're not there to help the tenant because the owner's their client or whatever. It's not the case. We, we know we need to, we need to balance that. We have landlord in one ear, tenant in one ear, and we got to make sense of it, make, make everybody happy. Yeah. Um, there, there was one, um, one tenant that came in that they were actually, the owner said, Hey, I'm going to evict them because I was, uh, I can't remember. I think their neighbor told them, Hey, your tenant that just moved in has dogs. And they're like, no, it can't be my tenants. They have no pets. Yeah. Anyway, push came to shove. We did an inspection and they did. They had four dogs. Yeah. And they just moved in several months earlier. And instead of going through the eviction process, we just called them and said, hey, look, we know you have dogs. The owner is like anti-dog, man. Like you cannot yeah. have pets. They won't approve them. If you play double rent, they don't want your dogs. And so rather than, yes, we could have evicted them. But instead of that, we just said, you know what, if you guys will just move out by X date, make sure you leave it clean. We'll do a normal disposition when you move out. Yeah. And and they came in and gave the keys and they, they were very apologetic. They're like, hey, look, you know, there was a miscommunication and they're like, hey, look, I thought I thought the dogs were on the application, whatever. Yeah. It is what it is, but it's like we avoided an eviction because of people communicated. Exactly. So it's like, right. hey, just communicate and we don't have to evict them. Yeah. Yes, they had to move. Yes, the landlord is upset that somebody moved in their home with dogs or whatever, but it's like, no, we communicated and they're happy. The landlord's happy and we were able to facilitate it. So. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, that I know this was thrilling conversation oh, talking about evictions. Yeah, but, uh, I was actually <laughs> nervous. It's kind of boring, guys. I know um, evictions, again, they're a necessary evil. It kind of reminds me of an HOA. Like, yeah, it's a necessary evil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, it's enough good and there has to there has to be consequences for not Absolutely. You know, following through with the lease. But do understand too, if you've rented before, if you're a landlord, if you if you have a property manager, nobody enjoys evictions. Yeah, nobody Attorney, wants to go through it. The attorneys don't even like it, and it's what they do. Yeah. Know, they represent landlords <laughs> and they're like, dude, this is horrible, dude. Yeah. I go to court every day. Every single day, there's I don't know, I'd venture to guess there's hundreds of people a week that are, you know evicted every week in Maricopa oh, yeah, across all County of here. Yeah. Arizona. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. it, it's sad, man. I, I hate it. We hate it. We hate meeting the constable. We hate the conversations, but, um, but we want to make it as clear and black and white as possible. And that will help along the way, whatever that looks like. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's it for us this time. So make sure you, uh, leave us a five-star review. It really, really helps out and we would appreciate that. And we'll catch you guys next time.